I was trying to tell Susie about how like Johnny was totally bad mouthing her at the party and I mean I know she couldn't come because her mom grounded her and I mean she wasn't gonna understand if I just like told her in one little sentence and if I send like five text messages to say my message my dad is gonna kill me because I'm already like 400 messages over this month so I have to send it in like the text speak so that she can get the whole story all at once in one message it's the economy man I'm trying to save money Hello and welcome to yet another episode of this podcast. We uh, we actually have a nice announcement for you guys. We have an official name. I don't know how well anybody else uh, is appreciating it, but I think it's cool to finally have that nailed down. Um, today is Tuesday, uh, March 3rd, and I'm joined by only two guests uh, this week. On my left... Melissa. And on my right... Whoever. Kelly is here. Yeah. Noah had to hang out with his nephew... And Magic Mike was here, but then his wife called him home. So I don't know if that was a booty call or he was just going to be in trouble if he didn't. I have no you idea could, what Are you there. allowed to get booty calls from your wife? Is, are you? that, is that the same thing? I don't know. Isn't that like more like a whip, a whip crack? I don't think you'd complain. Well, yeah, but still. That's a whip crack. Yeah, yeah I don't think that's thing. a booty call. No. Unless you she, live together and you share a bed every night. Yeah, unless she called you like and called herself like a different name. She's like, hey, this is Sandy. <laughs> come, come to the Motel 6 right now. That makes it a booty call? That, that's like a gay booty call right there. But, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a little transgender action. Yeah. Yeah. If his wife is into that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. She's like a five-foot Mexican girl. So oh, That's right. She was cute. I yeah. She's I like, remember the wedding pictures. That's she, right. The first time I ever... She used to work at Fred Meyer, and I walked up to meet her, and he said that she was at this check stand, and I walked up to the check stand and said, I don't see her. And that's because I couldn't see over the top of the, like, the candy <laughs> rack. It was really sad. Nice. But anyway, enough about Mike's personal life. Uh, we're going to start this out with what you've been playing. Are we going to tell anyone the name of our podcast? That's a good point. I skipped over the important part. It wasn't important. Nobody else likes the name but me, but it's officially I like called... Yeah, I like it. It's the Non-Sequitur Podcast. A lot of people on MaxTac... And, well, maybe not Max Tech, but I know on Supercars a lot of people didn't know what a non-sequitur is. So it's basically a term used for something that doesn't make sense in a comical or, you know, absurd kind of way. So that's perfect for us. Yeah, which somehow makes sense. Nobody yeah, the name is kind of goofy, and a lot of people probably couldn't spell it, but I think it fits, and that's why I wanted to go with it. There was a comic called The Non-Sequitur, which didn't make any sense either. Newspaper comic? It was, yeah, it was, like, political, and every time I read it, I wanted to kind of die. <laughs> That's how I felt when I read it, too. Yeah. I, I feel that way about all political comics. I don't <laughs> like them at all. I think they're poor taste. Yeah. But I think that's the point, typically. Anyway, so do you want to start it off? or With? I'm sorry, I forgot what segment we're doing. What first. you been playing? What you been playing? Uh, played a little more flower. Got a couple more trophies, which was pretty sweet. Nice. Which ones? Have you found the flow um, tunnel? I sure have. Yes. I got the flow trophy, and I got the urban trophy. Which was hard work, but totally worth it. I was so proud Which of her for Which one was urban? Clean up the entire city. Oh, yes. Every square inch. Yep. All pillars. All dirt. It's my first did you, silver Did trophy. you notice you could make the grass all pretty and green if you flew I did Oh, that. yes. I didn't for know how much time. it took to get the trophy, so I cleaned up every uh, square yeah, inch I of did, grass I did, as well. And it was yeah. really <laughs> scary because at the end, it did the whole like cutscene thing with the tree and the window. And then we're sitting there watching, you know, like, if you don't touch anything, it just shows, like, slideshow of mm -hmm. your level, and it yep. still hadn't given her the trophy. And I was getting nervous. I don't know if you were, but I was like, oh, she spent, like, 45 minutes on this. Like, I don't want to see her not get anything. And yeah. finally, Silver popped up. 
I think I kissed her on the cheek. Dun, 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 on the top. Hot stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then Luke made me play Pixel Junk Monsters, and I suck, but, you know, that's all right. I think that game cheats. I think the easy aren't labeled correctly, because tonight we got our butt handed to us really bad. Maybe it's because it was you were playing as multiplayer. Maybe it's easier on one player. Could be. We need to try playing on the casual mode, because playing on ranked, or the middle option, the normal stuff, that didn't work for us. No, not, not so well. <laughs> no. Partly because, you know, you haven't played in a while, I have no skills, and that level was icy, so what can you do? Yeah, tricky yeah. stuff. And then uh, Magic Mike and I did some awesome button mashing with some Mortal Kombat 2, which was a lesson in the fact that I did not grow up playing video games. <laughs> it was quite funny. I wish everybody here listening could have could have watched because uh, it got kind of crazy. It was just basically like throwing random punches, and every once in a while, one of them would figure out how to throw like you know an ice attack or or a special trick. One or... of them being Mike. I never figured out how to do anything. That is true. But still, it was pretty fun to watch them flail about, and it was fairly evenly matched. I mean, Mike won more often than not, but yeah, he wasn't that much better than you. Huh. And then I tried playing Mike, and I got my butt kicked. <laughs> so, lesson for all the people out there, don't play Magic Mike at Mortal Kombat, baby. Natural-born Mortal Kombat star? I think he is. Could be. Yeah. Is that it for you? That's it for me. All right, I think Kelly and I are probably going to talk about the same game, so if you want to start yeah. it off, you're welcome to. Yeah, How we've, far been, are you? Uh, <clears throat> we've been playing Killzone 2 on the PS3, and it is dead sexy. It is a very good looking game. Yeah, um, I am probably, I'm not entirely sure how many levels they are, It's. it seems like I could be not, quite, not quite as far as I think I am. Um, I just got off of a big train with a tank on it that pissed me off many times. Um... <laughs> But it's I'm enjoying it a great deal. Um, I do have a couple complaints just comparing it to the first game, but on its own, it's a really good game. It's really fun. So there's a special boss fight against this like flying creature called an ATAC on Which the top is of the, the building. Silliest name, an ATAC. Did you come on? Did you learn that you can go underneath? The uh... Oh yeah, I actually got really lucky. I, he he kind of blew me off of the top of the roof. Nice. And I landed next to the little tunnel. I was like, oh, I'm going to go in here and he'll never be able to get me. And, you know, he can still kind of get you, but it makes it so much easier. That's a pro tip for anybody out there. If the ATAC is kicking your butt too many times, you can go down the stairway on the left and go under a tunnel. And it gives you shielding and you don't die as quickly. Because if you just try to stay on top and dodge around that center statue, you die a lot. <laughs> A lot, a lot, a lot. How many times? I'm thinking eight. I'm thinking, I'm thinking 12. Before you figured out you could go down yeah. the stairs? But it's kind of par for the course for me. I've been I've been dying at least 20 to 30 times every level so far. Wow. Yeah. Wait, oh no, you're playing on I'm veteran. I'm on veteran, and it okay. is killing me. I mean, yes. I don't even know where I'm dying from. Um, it's it's really it's really discouraging. I've, I've played a lot of games, and I'm usually pretty resilient about getting... My butt kick. Well, the thing about the thing about Killzone is it's unlike other first-person shooters in that when you fire your weapon, it's very realistic. It's, you know, the first couple of shots are sort of true to where you're aiming, but if you if you, if you hold the trigger hold the trigger down, you're just spraying bullets. Muzzle climb will just take it right and, off your enemy. Yeah, and the enemies are 
you know, what you might call well-armored, and so they take a few hits to take down. Like, you can't just pop them in the head and hope they're going to go down. Yeah, you have to clip sometimes. You gotta, yeah. you gotta take their helmet off and then hope to hit them in the head again, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a hard game to properly take down, even a single enemy real quickly, so. So, I, you're playing on <clears throat> regular, normal, I'm on, whatever it's called. what is it called? I think it's Trooper. Okay. Yeah. Have you found any, like, sense of auto-aim at all? Because on Veteran, there is none. Auto-aim? Like, I don't think so. your reticule, no. does it have any kind of, like, stickiness on character? Not that I'm aware of, no. God, it's hard. Because the thing about Call of Duty that was great is when, you, when you'd when you pop to the zoom button, yeah. it would kind of, like, help you out a little bit. That was kind of a, a cheap bit. thing, though, if you, when you think about God, it. God, I want it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, these guys, because the, the the game has a lot of weight to the controls. I know that's hard to explain, but your character has seemingly like physical arms holding a physical gun. And so when you go to move or turn, it doesn't just snap to the position you're you're aiming at. It kind of takes a second for like his movement to line up. Yeah, it's you inertia. Walk. Yeah, you feel and like so there's inertia. And so if a guy is running guy. or ducking or jumping over a barrier and you're trying to shoot him, it's hard to keep a beat on him because you might be changing up your speed and... It's really hard on veteran. I'm yeah. I'm kind of regretting it because I don't think I get anything special. You know, I actually I actually kind of countered that by actually not not even speeding up my movement but slowing down the controls. Really? Uh, yeah. On the sensitivity. You, you... On the sensitivity, yeah, because then I can. I mean, you do turn slower, and it can be detrimental if you're getting mobbed from multiple sides. But if if you play like I do, and I usually keep them pretty good at keeping them at a distance, um, you. Uh, you're able to aim more accurately because the controls are moving just ever so slightly slower and you're not whipping past them and having to overcorrect and yeah. I might have to give that a shot because yeah. I need some help. <laughs> it's not good. Um, so what are your thoughts other than it being pretty? And Well, okay, let's go to my complaints about it. Like, the, Okay, the first game, easily one of the best first-person shooters I've ever played. A lot it's of atmosphere. A lot of atmosphere. A lot of really interesting locations. Um, one of the huge things it has that the second one is completely missing is the ability to play as multiple characters. Oh, yeah. um, within the first game, through almost every single level of the first game, you could choose to play of one of four characters, and depending on which character you played, it actually changed the gameplay um, significantly. Like, you had Rico, who was a heavy. Yeah, you had Rico, who was in the second gun. game, but he had a big chain gun. Uh, you had, could take a lot of damage. You had the girl, who was... Like, Who was that? like a, an assassin sniper, assassin. sniper. Uh, she had a knife. Yeah, she had a knife. Um, you had Templar, who was basic your your basic character, generic shooter. And then you had a actually a Hellgast soldier. I forget his name. But Haka. He, yeah, something like that. And uh, he was really good with the enemy weapons, and he had, he had come to the ISA side, and he was on the good guys side. So yeah, you could choose any yeah. character you wanted from but, those levels. Yeah, even but even in, within the level, you you know if you chose the the sniper chick, she would. Instead of going full gun like like Rico and just barreling through everything, she her course through the level was something different. You could go like like on the side and snipe guys and and uh, sneak your way through, and it it really was an interesting way to do it because the, the replay value was huge. Um, and also the story in the first game, um, it just it seemed more interesting. There were more characters. There was more going on between missions. Um, there were like there was a so spoilers here they come. Um, but the first game. The first game. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, I think he was a general on the good guys side, the ISA. They got the long hair. He had long hair and he, you know, at the beginning of the game, he seems to be just kind of a jerk, but he's on our side and then, 
you know, throughout the course of the game, you find out he's actually working with the Hellgas to, you know, take power down. I think like the... power, this huge defense satellite, yeah. um, which they were then going to use to destroy the ISA fleet when it arrived. And your job was basically to get through, you know, from one side of the planet to the other to get to some ships so you could get onto this giant platform and retake it. And it was this huge, huge, just really well done story. And yeah, it's just kind of absent in the second game because the second game kind of feels like you're just in the same area throughout. Um, there are a couple, couple levels that are that feel quite a bit different than like like the first half of the game. I'd have to say is, feels like almost just one big level. The first five levels are very different than the last five. Is what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you hit like this level where you're in these canyons, and you hit a level where you're riding on this huge train and. Um, so would you say the lack of story has to do with the fact that it's a sequel, or is this something that is becoming more and more common with first-person shooters in general, that there simply is just less attention paid to story and more attention to shooting bad guys? For me personally, I know that I like the story element of Resistance 1 better than number 2. Yeah. How would you rank the Halo series? Did that oh, get better or worse? It, you know, Halo... Ugh. The story in Halo 1 was not that broad. I mean, it was a very simple story, but it, it was really well told, and it didn't have to compound upon its... I don't know if I'm describing this properly, but it didn't have to compound upon itself and make itself, you know, completely ridiculous, which is what 2 and 3 did. You know, they added all these new elements. They, oh, well, the, the Covenant is, is splintering apart, you know, all these religious factions. Now the... Now the elites are with the humans, and, it, it, and I thought it was completely absurd. The grave mind comes and, in, and you're like, yeah, and I don't mind, understand at all what's going on yeah, anymore. Yeah, the, the grave mind, I thought, ruined the whole idea of the Flood, too. I loved the Flood when I thought they were just like a mindless like infection that was spreading around. Um, and as soon as they gave it a brain, it was just ludicrous. So with Melissa's question, then, do you think story in first-person shooters is going downhill? Like, have we run out of ideas, or I, just... You know, they realize I, that people don't care? Maybe, you know, I want to almost blame it on online gameplay. Because so many people, all they do is they buy a first-person shooter game just to play it online. Like, I was actually talking to one of my coworkers at Game Crazy, and he said that the only reason he purchases those games is just to play online I've heard with that from people in Halo. They won't even and, play the story. Yeah, they never go to the first-person, or the, the single-player game. And, uh, yeah, I think that is kind of a big big part because you know these companies are having to focus hugely on making the multiplayer um, satisfy the masses because a lot of people only care about that and it's causing the single player game which is what you know I've always cherished um, you know or even co-op game um, through the, the the story the story is why I play games I love the yeah. stories um, so yeah, I do think it is. It is has been suffering for a while now, and, and, and like in Resistance Two, Killzone Two. It's just, I mean, there is a there is an interesting story kind of developing over Killzone Two, but it doesn't involve you quite as much. It's just kind of happening on the sidelines, um, and I, I I don't even feel very interested in the character I'm playing either. And like in the first game, all four characters, I was very interested in their stories. And the guy you play in number two, his name is Sev. He's just some grunt, you know, who happens... Generic dude with a mohawk. Yeah, basically, who, who just happens to be playing a crucial role in this campaign, so... 
It was actually funny tonight. I was playing and Melissa heard some people talking that weren't just yelling, hell yeah, they're over there. And, <laughs> and she like perks up. She's like, oh, wait, is there story stuff going on? And like, like it caught her off guard that there was, you know, anything meaningful to listen to. Oh. It was kind of funny. <laughs> but yeah, I need to finish it. I'm, I'm exactly halfway through now. And at this rate, I'll be done in March probably. <laughs> I should have played on, on trooper mode. That's all I know. But um, that's pretty much it for me for games. How about you? Um, yeah, that's basically all I've been playing for the last week. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to try to keep this short. A little bit of video game news uh, for people who care. Um, last week we talked about the PSP getting a bunch of new games this year. You know, Rock Band and Little Big Planet and all that. Um, this past week it came to light that Sony may be having a, a version you know, 2.0, like a PSP 2 or either, you know, a hardware revision that they don't call PSP2, um, possibly by this fall. Uh, Dave Perry, who's a guy that works for Acclaim, uh, on his Twitter account said that they will be getting rid of the, the UMD slot, which should help the battery life be a lot better. He talked about them having possibly a sliding screen that would possibly cover up some of the buttons, like in the middle, and then slide up to, you know, be used fully. And then again with the possible fall release. I think that's that seems kind of unlikely. I mean... I know that Sony tries to keep this kind of news under wraps, but you think that more developers would have, you know, backed up this story. Anyway, it, it could happen. We're going to have to wait. I would imagine E3 is when they'll probably announce that stuff. Um, there was a trailer on Xbox Live for Lost Planet 2. Uh, it was kind of interesting that that's the only place the video showed up, so people contacted Com uh, Capcom to see if it's going to be a 360 exclusive. Capcom said no comment. I don't know what that means, but... If anybody played the first one, they know that it's got a lot of snow, and this one actually has like jungle and non-snowy environments, so that will be interesting. According to what I've heard, the, the events that... I didn't play the game, but the events that take place at the end of the first game have to do with why there's jungle in the second one. I don't know what that means, really, but... <laughs> I, I wonder what they're... I don't, I don't want to call it a gimmick, but the first game... You had to keep moving and you had to keep shooting to get thermal points, basically. Oh, which was the worst. That was the reason I didn't play it. So, I, it basically felt like you had this timer that was constantly counting down. And if you didn't keep moving, you, you couldn't explore, you couldn't enjoy just looking at the environment. You had to keep running, keep shooting, or else you were going to die. So if this new game takes place on a planet that global warming has been ravaged by, and there's jungle and heat, and there's no longer a need for a gimmicky thermal... Oh, they'll bring meter. in something. They'll be like, oh, like well, sunblock meter. Yeah, sunblock <laughs> meter, or you know, you've got jungle fever or something. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome. Um, Jonathan Blow, the guy who created Braid, said because um, the game will be coming to PC and Mac at the end of March uh, for fifteen dollars for those who you know really love some some arcadey goodness. Um, but he hinted at the fact that Microsoft made him sign a non Sony deal and that. If it does come to the PlayStation 3, it won't be until after August. So, if you guys non, want... A non-Sony deal, like, an, is it a permanent non-Sony deal? No, or? it's a timed non-Sony deal. Like, it can go to any okay. platform but Sony up until... August. August. Which, then, I will purchase. If Assuming it it's still PS3, relevant by that yeah. point. I mean, you know, hey, you know what? Fair enough. Some games are. And that one, I don't see being irrelevant at any point in the near future. It's just too brilliant. Uh, one last thing on the news thing. Uh, it was announced today that, like, 
basically the the pinnacle of PC sim racing is a game called iRacing. And uh, there's a, a free one-month trial for people who want to uh, give it a shot. If you don't own a steering wheel, you really shouldn't even bother. Um, but this deal is courtesy of Radical Sports Cars. So if you are interested, just contact me on MaxTac or Supercars. I can get you a code. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's basically a, a, an MMO sim racer. So it's like a $15 a month membership. So you're basically getting a one-month free deal here. Um, there are no real games coming out this week. I checked the list for basically every system. Um, what you will be able to get is a Prince of Persia epilogue pack. Whoa, 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 wait a second. There's no games coming out this week? Well, I mean, there's a bunch of, like, you know, baseball, 2K9, and... Okay. What else is... Did I miss something? Halo Wars came out this week. That's right. I was talking about the <laughs> upcoming week. My bad. Yeah, okay. in, the, in the past week, yes, this, Halo like, Wars came today, out. today, actually, yes. Yeah. Yes. I was talking about the upcoming week going okay. forward. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, Halo Wars actually got off to a huge start, and we actually lost a customer uh, over Halo Wars, because our store, being so small, we, we can't really afford to do midnight releases for games where other stores can, like our Lacey store and all the game, stops game in, the, yeah. in the area. And uh, we had a customer who apparently was stupid enough to pre-order her Halo Wars at both my store and our Lacey store. She gets a call from the Lacey store telling her that her copy would be in and available by midnight, thought it was us, came to our store, we weren't open, so she gave me this huge rant for like five minutes before my store was even open today and pissed me off and uh, now she shops at GameStop because wow. she says the service is better there, which uh, which I have yet to see, but uh, we'll hear back from her maybe. A quick aside, <laughs> um, how many people that came in to buy it do you think didn't realize it was an RTS? Because of the commercials? Don't make it look like an RTS. Yeah. It's a bunch um, of CG footage, and you would think that it's just an extension of Halo. I'm not sure yet. I'd like to... <laughs> the next couple uh, days, people the next couple, back. The next few days are going to tell that um, a lot. Cause... Where's Master Chief? I don't understand. Where's Cortana? Yeah. Why can't I play, like, multiplayer, you know, capture the flag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to... I'm certain we're going to be getting back a lot of trades on that game. Simply because people are too silly to just, you know, look at the back of the of the game case and see, oh my gosh, it doesn't look like a first-person shooter. There's a bunch of little units on a isometric map and yeah. running around blowing each other up. <laughs> so for the upcoming week, by the time you listen to this and the forthcoming seven days, um, two downloadable things. If you own Prince of Persia, you can download the epilogue pack. It gives Elika a new power. It gives the prince a new attack. Adds a new environment. And a couple of other little things like a skin or, you know, basically... Like, like a new, a, a new like boss a, then, or...? Uh, they didn't say. Just a new environment. Uh, so that might be just running around collecting light seeds or, you know... That seems kind of silly if there's not a new enemy to fight because, I mean, you were already pretty lax on... I mean, if anybody played the, yeah. the rest of the game, it's it's very light on enemies, very heavy on like running platforming around... platforming kind of just, stuff. Just collecting these little light seeds, which do help you out, but it gets a little monotonous after a while. Um, I'm, I, I like the game, but if they're not going to add more boss fights, um, it kind of seems pointless. To so, play. if you get Elika's new ability, the Prince's new attack, an environment with a boss, and it comes in at $10, are you willing to buy it? Heck yeah, if I had the game. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, the other one is for Unreal Tournament 3, for the PC and PS3 version. The Titan Pack comes out. 
uh, to add some new maps, a bunch of new guns, a bunch of new uh, players, um, that kind of thing. It's a $0 thing. You can buy it for free. It's just a DLC download. Add split screen and trophy support for the PS3 version. I have been dying to play Unreal Tournament. I don't know why. I just want to. It has bots. I think that's what it is. I like games with bots. And so I think I'm going to at least rent it. Um, but yeah, no, no game games, basically, for the upcoming week. All right, so moving on, kind of transitioning into other topics. We're going to talk about kids, their stupidity, their eventual <laughs> adult stupidity, and what possible influence technology might have played in, in said stupidity. Um, I know I get a little bit angry when I see, you know, people writing things in text speak, even when they have a keyboard and they can write a full sentence or, you know, fully write out a word. Uh, I get frustrated <laughs> when I pe- see people spell you, words incorrectly. Pause you for yes. a moment. I, I, I'm right there with you. Like even even when I'm texting, I refuse to write and text speak because I find I think it's so ludicrous and so lazy, and just oof, it makes me but so. But Kelly, angry. how am I like going to write my novel when I only have 160 characters on my phone? Oh, I mean, seriously. seriously. Like I was trying to tell Susie about how like Johnny was totally bad mouthing her at the party, and I mean I know she couldn't come because her mom grounded her, and I mean she wasn't gonna understand if I just like told her in one little sentence, and if I send like five text messages to say my message, my dad is gonna kill me because I'm already like 400 messages over this month, so I have to send it in like the text speak so that she can get the whole story all at once in one message. It's the economy, man. I'm trying to save money. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. What do you say about that, Kelly? Wow. Yeah. Um, well, Susie. Uh, <laughs> well, My suggestion would be uh, call her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leave a voice. Or, or you know, since he's sitting across the room, just yeah, just. Just go talk to him or something. Oh my gosh, I was in the middle of fourth period, and she's not in my class. Duh. Oh my gosh, maybe she should pay D- attention Didn't your teacher, teacher take her, your phone oh. away by now? <laughs> yeah. These kids yeah. are so obsessed with socializing and, and with and with uh, being popular and, and, you know, having the coolest clothes and backpacks but and sneakers. Hasn't just, it been that way for 40, 50 years? Yes, but it's gotten to the point where it's interfering with their intelligence. I mean, I'm sure it was interfering with their intelligence back when our parents were children, but at this point, it's getting so invasive. Technology is small enough and sleek enough and stealthy enough that it can sneak its way into our classrooms and interfere with our ability to not be idiots. And I would say, I would argue, being in the educational system now for many, many years as a student and now teaching, that technology itself isn't the problem. It's the fact that schools aren't adapting fast enough. I mean, if you think about it like a business, a business that doesn't adapt to new technologies, new opportunities, new ways of doing business. Like Game Crazy. Let's just take an example. Why don't we, why don't we sell games on the internet? Think about it. <laughs> okay, exactly. A, a, a business or an industry that doesn't keep up with the new advances falls behind, loses money, loses the talented, qualified, intelligent, mature workforce and becomes, in your words, game crazy. <laughs> um, but Irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, but so if the schools don't have either the, the people willing to do it or in some cases simply the money to invest in technology, I mean, you could make the argument, and I don't know if there's any research on this or even if there's anyone who's willing to try it, but if you were to put 
the technology in the schools so that kids are using technology all the time because apparently that's what makes you cool. And if you could use the technology all the time to do school stuff, either technology would become less cool or you're oh simply boy. harnessing you're you're harnessing what's already there and making it applicable. My dad came home last night with a story all about these new wireless clickers and they've got, you know, four buttons on them, A, B, C, D. We use those at UW. Okay, so you <clears> use them at UW and, you know, the teacher pops up a question on a, a computer screen or a, you know, PowerPoint or whatever program, asks the question with four possible choices and everybody clicks their, their button and it automatically shows you a graph of who voted for what answers and you can talk about, okay, those of you who said A, Either you're not reading or yeah. you hit the wrong button. They were really you know? helpful. Yeah. Loved, it was for our physics class. And there was a lot of times you'd pop up the graph and you'd see the ABCs and they'd be, you know, bar graph style. And you'd be like, it'd be C. And that one only had 10%. And she'd be like, oh, okay, we need to go over this right now. Because a lot of you don't get this. Right. I mean, and so it was like immediate instant feedback. feedback. Yeah. You feel like you're on a game show, at least for the first day or so. But the problem is that it takes more than just buying little wireless clickers. Because you have to have the media projector to put something up on the screen. You have to have the software that can analyze the data and feed it back. And you need a computer with the processing power to do it all fast enough so you're not clicking the thing in and waiting five minutes for the data to come back. Because that's not instant feedback. That's not giving you what you want. It's not the, you know, the iPhone mentality where you click a button or shake the phone or whatever and it gives you instant information. It's Maybe not they could magic do it in, in a like box. an analog format with like marbles that roll down a little <laughs> They could, but that channel. wouldn't be cool. If you ha if you had me rolling marbles down a channel, um, I'm going to be getting my cell phone out and Dude, texting. that would excite me way more than a freaking bar graph. Well, well let, me th let me share this story. At the beginning of the year, you have to get your clicker. It's got a code inside by the battery compartment. You log on to the website, you put the code in to your profile. So mm -hmm. when, you, when you're clicking it in, you know, it's, it's attached to your grade and everything. Sure. But you're allowed to put a three-letter alphanumeric thing as your code. So when it pops up on the screen, you can tell that you've had your thing registered, right? So that way it's not like you hit it and you didn't hit it hard enough and you didn't get any points. So what a lot of us did at the beginning of the year is we would all pick like three-letter combinations of possible word usages, like A-C-E for the end of a word or, you know, whatever. And so we try to spell things. So you get your buddies together, you'd be like, all right, let's try to spell ass hat. And be like, all right, ass, you need to spell, or you need to click your button, and then hat needs to hit his button at the exact next moment. So that, because it'd pop up on this big screen. So we try to like write out these sentences. See, yeah, see, and that's where, that's where it, it gets to the point where it's kind of. It was like a little well, metagame for us. And yeah, yeah metagame. Ready? Which, okay, in, ready? Which, which is awesome, yes. But then again, it infer interferes with the lesson. And I mean, I, yeah, I'm all for goofing off in class. I did it. But. You know, I also wanted to learn. I may have been one of those rare instances where I was actually interested in hearing what the teacher had to say, but, you know, I'm not... Okay, yes, I am working minimum wage job <laughs> right now, but that's kind of my own choice at this point. Um, and, I, you know, I, 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 I do... I see these people that, that were, you know, obsessed with the clicks and... and, and and just goofing off all the time and ignoring the teachers, and they their lives are terrible. They have ten kids and they three wives from different parts of the cities. A meth addiction. Meth addiction. <laughs> no teeth. Uh, <laughs> they're fat and ugly and bald, and they smell like things that I won't mention. But <laughs> you know, they could have avoided those things with so a little what, more education. So what is the solution? I mean, do we 
<clears throat> if schools I don't have the money to do this stuff, we need to bring back the board of corrections. You give the teachers a weapon that they can strike <laughs> the students with. She's not going to use one though. I mean, that even makes her not be a teacher anymore. Uh, well, we or... can bring in people that have the enforcers. Yeah, enforcers. Hey, they're like but they're rulers. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Nuns work for free, as far as I'm aware. Just or peanuts <laughs> or something. I'm not sure, but. You could probably convince them to come I, there's, beat there's students. There's probably some some psychology research that would suggest that corporal punishment isn't effective after a certain age. Okay, you just you threaten them with worse things, then you you start lopping off limbs. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. So we'll have a, a a large community of maimed people. Well, they're just going to move off educated. the welfare system anyway. So you yeah, know, if they're paralyzed, what really matters. They'd be really good at shuffling, you know, flipping burgers. All right, Melissa, what is your solution? Well, I I mean, I think, I'm not sure what the solution is. I think it would be interesting to to try catching up with the times, putting the technology in place. Um, I I mean, I think a lot of of teachers will, will fight against it for a number of reasons. Making school flashy and like television feels like you're dumbing things down. But at some point... If the thing that kids are most interested in is the gadget, then we've got to give them a gadget that will do school. I'm not, I'm not really a gadget person, so I think I, I'm willing to try doing the gadget thing. I think it would be hard. I think it would be complicated. I think that it will challenge our ideas of what school is supposed to be, but it might be the thing that either confirms to us the fact that the internet is killing us or disproves the idea that technology is what's evil and that it's our use of technology that's screwing us all up. So I think we've got to, we simply have to embrace technology and make the best use of it we possibly can. So here's my suggestion. Two part. First, next week, all of you listeners, tune in because we're going to have a great discussion about what might happen if Kelly was supreme dictator of the entire planet. Going along with I'm that, very excited. Yes, going this along, is something that we've been discussing for ages. So yes, <laughs> so my answer to this educational problem fits in with what might happen if Kelly were to put me in charge. Okay, so you would go to school. Everyone would have some kind of like really minimal like computer screen that they could use. You know, I had like a keyboard, like a little like mini laptop, but it wasn't foldable or anything like that. And all curriculum was based around the "Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego" video game. So each <laughs> subject would have some kind of like quiz-based thing that would allow you to do the work and then put in the answer to, you know, solve whatever riddle or puzzle or whatever it might be. And it would be tailored to each class for history and English and whatever it might be, science. And then your final grade at the end of the quarter is your total score because you would have one account for all classes and it would just congregate into this major score that you would have at the end. And so you'd be like, I scored 38,000 last quarter. What did you get? And you'd be like, oh, I got 42. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And, you know, It'd just be world and world's If you're basing it off of where in the world is Carmen San Diego, your final grade should be how many bad guys did you catch? Okay, well then and that we're... game's all about catching bad guys. Okay, then how many bad guys? Thirty-eight thousand bad guys. Uh, there you go, thirty-eight thousand guys. I would, bad guys. I would, I would go back to school somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just... have to insist, also because I am supreme dictator, uh, we instigate weekly field trips to do stuff, to learn things, because the best, the way that I learn the best. In my own brain. Okay, How do you going keep to be students well from being unruly in places that are... Enforcers. Come That's on. I'm problem. in charge of what's everything. The They're, what's the problem? Okay. I, I actually... 
in seventh grade wasn't a class where we had weekly field trips. Oh, yeah? It's a money problem, believe it or not. Well, but Kelly's going to solve wait, all that when he's a dictator. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> I'm telling you a real story from real life experience. And I'm not suggesting that the idea is necessarily inherently flawed, but the problem we faced is that, yeah, taking, you know, 30 kids, or in our case, since there were a couple of classes all taught by the same teacher, it was, you know, closer to 50 or 60 kids, to one place is a lot of kids, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of time invested. So split into small groups and went with, like, you know, one chaperone, each of us to different locations. And that way you could rotate. But the problem was that um, we didn't have a lot of money, so we couldn't go very far. So we couldn't go to all the really cool, amazing, interesting places that might have been more educational for us. And at some point, it just got to be a almost a chore. It's Friday. We're going on a field trip. Where are we going this week? Indeed. What are we doing this week? What random thing have they come up with us come up for us to do this week? It's not meaningful, it's not special, it's not unique. It's one more thing we have to do. And that and I think it was that way for the teachers as well because trying to come up with, you know, 180, I mean, that's how many days there are, so you know, I don't know how many weeks that works out to be, but you know, coming up with however many unique, special, meaningful, educational field trips that will excite kids every single week isn't going to happen. And you're going to end up with a lot of bored kids, a lot of tired and cranky teachers who are trying to work out this problem and it's not working. And in the long run, a lot of missed education because you're going to spend time going random places instead of doing work that could have been more meaningful. Solution. When you're a supreme dictator, you end war and the possibility of war. You put all the money that governments invest in military spending into teleporter technology, and then we can go ahead and field trips for free. Teleporter technology scares me. Well, then put someone else in charge of it. <laughs> and then just okay. never use them. All right. I'll just take the bus. Stay tuned uh, next week for Kelly's detailed plan. Yeah, it, it, it's, and I do have solutions for a lot of what you're speaking about. Um, Excellent. I, like, I look forward to For instance, it. Uh, class size is going to be mm -hmm. drastically dropped. Uh, one teacher, ten to fifteen students tops, uh, and well, that's okay. You gotta, don't don't tell too okay, much. Okay, okay, we we're good. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll save it for next week. All right. All right, so that's enough about stupid kids and their stupid use of technology. Um, I'm gonna run through some F1 news real quick. If they were really cool, they'd have flamethrowers. The students? Yeah. Or I thought you were talking about stupid F1 cell phones. All right, <laughs> all cell phones. Shit. Never mind. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> um, there was there is an amusement park in Dubai under construction right now. It's called Formula One X, and uh, it's actually been put on hold. Uh, they've run out of investor money, and it's 50% done. All the plans and management stuff are in place, but they don't have the cash to finish it. That whole area of the world, the UAE and everything down there, it's been having some real economic issues, even more so than the rest of the world. So uh, if it goes back you know, to being you know, in progress, don't expect that till 2010. Um, Force India unveiled their new car, the VJM02, and uh, Williams unveiled their new 2009 livery, so we've basically seen every car so far. Um, the only ones we haven't is Scuderia Toro Rosso and Honda, assuming they managed to survive. Uh, on the Honda front, um, it looks like there'll be a management buyout, so the current guys that run the team for Honda are probably going to buy the team from Honda. Um, so that'd be Ross Braun 
and uh, and his cohorts. So we don't know what it'll be called, but they're going to be testing uh, this week, and so it looks like they've apparently got enough funding to get it done. On the Honda note, again with that, uh, Jensen Button looks like he will be retained as a driver, and that is in no small part uh, to him sacrificing up to half of his salary. He's basically gone to the team and said, hey, I want to drive for you guys next year. I'm willing to take half of my salary and no bonuses this year to make that happen. Um, and so a source within the team was quoted as telling a newspaper, uh, quote, the people who have said that Jensen was a money-grabbing playboy should eat their words. He could have held out for his full pay like certain bankers and even gone to law with a, with a cast-iron case. But that was never on his mind. All he wanted was to come to a deal that would allow him to drive a car put on the grid by Ross Braun. Nothing else mattered. So that's pretty cool of Jensen. I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know. That makes Carly happy. Right. I'm sure Carly is out there being very pleased that he's our, not going to go away. Carly loves Jensen. So the question is, will... He's her avatar on everything. So. Will, will a driver be any good in a team that is now three and a half weeks from the first race of the season and doesn't have an identity, a management, a car to present to the world? Wait, are we really only three and a half weeks out? The 31st? No, the 29th of this month. Oh, yay. But this, yeah, they haven't done any testing. I mean, this is a real question. They don't even have an engine supplier. If Honda's out, then where are they getting this from? So, expect to have them near the back of the field this year. Um, Indeed. (laughs) Could be problems. Um, So that's it for F1 news. Um, Like I said, 29th for those people at home. You should uh, tune in and watch it on speed. Um, So anyway, some random crap about me. Uh, I just want to tell everybody that unless you live near a distribution center, you should not get a Gamefly membership. I've had terrible experience with them. I signed up last November and didn't really care for it, so I canceled after a month. And then last month, I renewed my subscription so that I could get some games and had a horrible experience again, even worse than the first time. I actually had a game on my queue that they said they had available, and after eight days of them not shipping it, I canceled my request. (laughs) Um, then it also took two days to get to me and two days to send back. So if you're on a one game at a time policy, you're losing four days each transfer of game. Um, so you're better off doing like a, like a blockbuster game pass. I don't know what it's up to now, but back in the day, it was like a $24 a month thing. You could return a movie or a game and then, you know, get one that same day as often as you wanted unlimited for the month. So that's my rant. Don't use Gamefly unless you live next door. What about you, Melissa? I heard you've been doing some running. I have. I have my, you know, springtime goal since, you know, winter is a terrible time to make resolutions because it's dark and cold and who really wants to go outside and get in shape and stuff. Um, so my springtime goal has been to, to start running again. And it's been more walking than running, I'll be honest. Right now it's it's not not in the shape I, I once was. But um keep seeing articles in the sports section of the local paper talking about, you know, springtime runners and high school track season just started. And so it's it's great that this year, instead of like I have for the past four or five years, feeling guilty and bad that I'm not outside in the springtime doing something healthy for myself, I'm actually trying. So um, it's kind of a nice little pick-me-up. I'm feeling good about that. One of these days, I'll actually run my whole workout. That will be an exciting day. And then one of these days, you hope to do a marathon, is that correct? Yeah, but that's probably a couple years out. That's going to require sustained training (laughs) as opposed to, you know, my few months at a time and then I get bored cycle that I've been in for the last few years. Works for that. Kelly, Saturday, 
<laughs> Go. <laughs> okay, so uh, <clears throat> Saturday, I wake up thinking I'm having a nice, uh, relaxing day, and then I'm going to head up to Seattle and uh, uh, drink with some friends, and uh, I get called into work which apparently wasn't a call-in. I just missed my shift. Um, <laughs> so I get to work, like, you know, an hour late, and, um, you know, I was pissed off because I would worked the day before, and I also wasn't supposed to work the day before. And, you know, my three-day weekend had become a one-day weekend. And so by the time I was off, which I, I luckily got to leave a couple hours early as well so I could get ready for my trip up to Seattle, um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, just pissed off all afternoon. And uh, I went to pick up my friend Andrea um, for the ride up because uh, we were going to visit her friend Aaron, or her cousin Aaron, who is a good friend of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, I was already tired because I'd woken up at 5 a.m. And so um, I went and got one of those five-hour energy drinks for the first time. <laughs> I like where the story's going. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going to be up for a really long time, so I might as well get a couple more, you know, pick me up. So I got some uh, some uh, Starbucks double shot things, which are really not good for <laughs> Mixing me. Mixing energy drinks now. Yeah. So, <laughs> Is this sort of like drug interaction thing we should be concerned about? Probably. Here? So I downed the uh, five-hour energy, and it, it really did help me stay awake all the way up to Seattle. And, and then we went out, and I met... Uh, it was kind of interesting. It was myself and Aaron and Andrea and three other people who I hadn't met previously but got to know pretty well. Um, and one of the guys, he noticed my tattoo. I have a uh, tattoo of a clover leaf on my wrist. And he got a little excited. He's like, oh my gosh, are you Irish? And I said, yes, I'm Irish. <laughs> I hope a drinking contest ensued. Uh, sort of. Um, he said, <laughs> Who's more Irish? Well, yeah. He, uh, he's like, oh my gosh, you know what we need to do? And I said, what? What do we need to do? And he said, let's pretend we are Irish all night. See how this works. Can you talk in an Irish accent? I was like, yeah, I can. So we spent the entire evening bar hopping with our friends, bar to bar to bar, uh, speaking in Irish accents. We told everyone we were from a place called Kerry, which is just south of a place called Corks, which is nowhere near Dublin. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is the only city that anybody... Ever in America knows, knows is in Ireland. Except so, for those of us who've been there. Yeah, except yeah, for those. Yeah. But there's so few of them. So, um, so yeah, and it actually worked out really well. It was extremely fun. We got tons of free drinks. We had girls. I mean, he and I, we're not tens, but we're not bad looking, you know. Uh, but we had girls in the 8, 9, 10 range coming up to us. Just, the, the just because of the accents. Um oh. You know, Wait, no. buying us, <laughs> these girls buying us drinks just to, you know, and... Just to listen to you talk. Just to listen That's to you talk. That's the reality. Um, it was really fun. And we, we, last bar of the night, we ended up in this, apparently it was a gay karaoke bar. In Capitol uh, Hill? Yes, on Capitol Hill. <laughs> which I guess doesn't make much, uh, makes that perfect sense. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not that surprising. Um, but uh, the bartender decided she liked our group, um... And apparently, by that point, every, you know, it, it wasn't just the two of us that were Irish. Everybody thought that all six of us were Irish. So we got up and we all sang uh, Henry VIII um, on stage. And then we got a bunch of free rounds from the bartender. And the hostess of the night was hitting on Aaron. Um, 
my friend Andrea was making out with all kinds of people. It was fun. <laughs> Sounds um, about right. Yeah. Jackie, are you listening? Jackie, are you listening? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Just saying. Uh, yeah, it was great fun. Um, yeah, and then uh, we went home or back to Aaron's place and crashed on the his couches, and I had to wake up. We we crashed at two a.m. I had to wake up at six thirty in order to get out of the house by seven in order to get to work the next day. <laughs> unfortunately, you didn't plan this um, out very well, did you? <laughs> unfortunately, events transpired that kept me from actually sleeping even a wink. So I was up from five a.m. on Saturday morning to until about ten thirty p.m. on Sunday, <laughs> which kind of sucked. Um, but it was really fun. I highly recommend pretending you're English or Irish or something. Maybe Australian. Maybe Australian. If you can pull off the accent convincingly, though. If you can't do it, then don't do it because you'll just get punched. <laughs> Some dude from Ireland like, I've never heard of Kerry. Bam! <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If we had run into one, we would have been in trouble. Yeah, but it worked out really well. All right. Well, we don't have that much time, so I'm going to just read a couple of these uh, dreams, right? Last week we were talking about dreams oh, right. and those things. We got a number of really great ones from the Supercars community. Um, I actually made it a poll for those who care. Uh, the question was, what kind of dreams do you typically have? And the three options were predominantly pleasant, usually pretty terrible, or somewhere in between. Uh, the, the predominantly pleasant and somewhere in between were basically tied around 42 45%, and then just a couple people said that they're usually pretty bad. Um, I want to read one from, from Moo Squad. Uh, he said that, uh, this isn't really that relevant to anything, but he said that his dreams are usually very sexual or he's either die, dying or in great drama. He said, my most common dream is being invisible, which normally would suck because of the lack of attention. However, besides being invisible, I can also go through objects as well, which is great because the first thing I usually do in a dream is check out the bedroom of a girl I find attractive. But then I come to realize that I go through everything and thus cannot grab anything to eat or drink and eventually wake up with a terrible hunger. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. It's a pretty bizarre dream there. Um, we had one, uh, Worked, who's from Australia or New Zealand. He said, often I'm running away from something or someone. Uh, after a chat about it with a friend, I realize that the first thing I do when I walk into any room is instantly cite two or three uh, different ways to escape from the room, which is usually out a window or down a storm pipe or possibly jumping off a balcony. Watches a lot of uh, Born Conspiracy. Uh, I guess so. And, and he said this is a, a completely subconscious thing he's been doing ever since he was fairly young, and he asked us to try to help him explain what he's trying to escape from, possibly even himself. Possibly like, his gayness? <laughs> maybe. He doesn't have 9-11 in his name, so well, it doesn't fit that stereotype. Whatever. But, uh, yes, <laughs> you never know. Inotech, one of the guys from down in Louisiana, he said he just woke up from a, re a dream before he posted this, uh, in which him and a coworker were in an office building uh, that had a room with a bunch of bees in it, and apparently there was also a deranged killer in the dream. Uh, he was running around chasing them. At one point, he drove a piece of straw through his hand and then lit it on fire. Um, he also tried to slice him with a box cutter, but then Inotech shot him. Uh, he can't really remember that part, but apparently instantly afterwards, he went back to his coworker and started talking about the bee problem. And <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one was from Juju Rocket. He said he, he often has really realistic dreams that have to do with real life, but they're usually very mundane situations. He said that he recently had a dream that was really monotonous, really monotonous and very, very slow. 
like not the progression of events, but the actual movements inside of the dream. And so I guess he says I was brushing my teeth, but slow, slowly that it would take more than a minute for each brush stroke. But he said within the dream, he realized he was actually a giant. That he was moving incredibly fast, but his teeth were thousands of miles long. <laughs> and so he was moving quickly, but not actually making very much progress. And then he woke up all freaked out. Yeah, because if he'd moved any faster, I mean, he'd have lit those suckers on fire. With the friction. friction. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like a Shadow of the Colossus thing. Brushing their teeth. So those are some of my favorite dreams. Apparently people have weird... I, I figured they were going to be a lot dirtier. Apart from yeah. sneaking into people's rooms, uh, they mostly have to do with violence. I'm impressed by the, uh, by the people on the uh, SCNet today. <laughs> and again, I know there's a bunch of questions you guys have asked me to answer. I don't have time to really do any of them, but I want to touch on one. Uh, Ryanator117, he asked me um, about people who died before Jesus came along. Did they go to hell or what? Was basically his question. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to get this you know, too preachy or anything, but I decided to look up a little passage in Romans 4 that kind of touches on this. Um, the basic idea is that belief through faith is what God really enjoys from people. And so I'm going to read um, a little bit from the beginning of Romans 4 and then a couple of verses from the end. So here I go from the New Living Translation. I know that's not a very accurate translation, but it's the easiest for non-biblical people to understand. So here I go, verse 3. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed God, and God counted it to him as righteousness because of his faith. Abraham never wandered and wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted it to him as righteousness. And then God, and when God counted it to him as righteousness, it wasn't for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He, has handed over, he was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was also raised to life to make us right with God. So there's a lot more there in Romans 4, but if you want the full answer, that's the best way to find it. Basically, God just rewards people who believe in him. That's like the simplest way I can describe it. Um, Which is my, why my job sucks. Is that, is that the explanation? Probably. You yeah. know, I mean, I think if you had more purpose in your life, you could enjoy your job more. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I actually did have a customer tell me today that uh, when I, cause I have to respond to every phone call with, hello, uh, thank you for calling West Olympia Game Crazy. This uh, where you can trade in your old games towards a copy a of new Halo copy Wars. Of Halo Wars. <laughs> uh, this is Kelly. I can help you. I have to do that spiel every single time I answer the phone. And I had a customer who just said, uh, you have no life, do you? And I was like, yep, this is my job. <laughs> and it, it kind of pissed me off. I wanted to punch him through the phone, but, you know, I, he had a point. He had a point. <laughs> so. Mm. All right. So I don't have a main question of the week. Perhaps I'll come up with one by the time I make the thread. Um. Sorry, it's been a little bit, I don't know, too serious tonight. Maybe we'll get Noah back on in the future. I know a lot of people liked him. A lot of people didn't. Um, oh, yeah? He was very spastic. If you go back and listen to it, it, it was really, like, disjointed. So <clears throat> we'll find some either way to rein him in or a different person to sit in for him. Um, was that pretty much it? Anything to say, Melissa? Nothing? Kelly? Next week, we expect good things. I'm excited about next week. I'm if, actually going to write some things. If down. you don't deliver, you know, your internet cred's going to go gonna, downhill. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, <laughs> what will I do? I don't um, know. Yeah, I guess I can take some time off from my busy work schedule and writing a children's novel and all that crap. I don't know. 
well, see what I can do about taking over the planet <laughs> and possibly the universe if I can swing it. Swing it if we get that far? Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this show. Um, I guess for Kelly and Melissa, this is Luke signing off. We out. It is cool, like, seeing how people play, too. Like, Kathleen focuses really hard on just making, like, cities and building roads between them, but leaving, like, a lot of her land undeveloped, whereas me, I'm, like, hardcore. Like, my land looked like a Japan would or something. It was, like, just nothing but a grid of buildings. Like, and eventually my people were like, please, accept environmentalism. So we can be happy when we see trees. Because I had just, like, completely raped the land of everything. That's just how I roll. Like, I'm like, oh, there's beavers. We're making beaver farms right there, and I'm harvesting those bitches for fur. Like, I, I get so funny, because when I play Civ, I'm, like, the exact opposite of how I'm in real life. In real life, I'm all big into conservation and, like, like leaving land for all that. But when I play that, I'm, like, a ruthless dictator. Like, fascism, awesome. Except fascism. Dude, this is how you play a Viva Pinata, too. Yeah, exactly. I play, you know, I just... You're like, raw efficiency. My, oh, you got to show a firm hand in Viva Pinata. Exactly. I'm like, I'm, like, once you are no longer... Making me money or giving me levels up, you're out of the farm. I'm like, really that's desperate. Why you don't name them? Yeah, exactly. Well, you got to make concentration them. camps. You got to build the oh, guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. I did run a little pinata gulag. I mean, like, <laughs> eventually, I would set benefit. I'd be like, you're not worth two thousand chocolate coins. You're out of my fucking garden. You know what I mean? Like, I will. Email, I will like mail myself two of each species so that if. There's ever like a horrible catastrophe I can Noah's Ark that shit and repopulate. <laughs> but beyond that, it's like I don't give a shit. About I just want to watch you play Viva Pinata. <laughs> I showed Alice the way I played cooperatively. cooperatively I want to see Anthony stadium. raise a child. <laughs> and I got Alice to like level 35 within an hour, but she'd be like, "No, I want to try all these butterflies." I'd be like, "Shut up, butterflies! Nothing. You them. Let something eat them, and we're moving on from the butterflies. We got the butterflies taken care of. Like, you know what I mean? It's just not worth it."